Welcome to the Trauma Healing Tribe, the official podcast of the Comprehensive Resource Model, an advanced therapy integrating ancient wisdom and modern neuroscience to heal the multidimensional roots of trauma. And I'm your host, Melanie Swan. A very warm welcome to the Trauma Healing Tribe a podcast for therapists and those in the healing professions around the world. And we're going to be talking about the concepts, challenges and possibilities of working with the comprehensive resource model. So for this first series, there'll be six episodes that will be released every other week. And for most of those, I have the pleasure of talking to Lisa Schwartz, who is the creator and developer of CRM. And Lisa will be talking to us in episode one very soon. And for some of these episodes, Elisa Elkin-Cleary will also be joining us, uh, and she's the Director of Training and Development here at CRM. So she'll be bringing her insights and years of experience on some of the core topics we're working with. We do hope it's really, really useful for you. And uh, yeah, so for now, let's get going with the first episode, Working with the Soul's Journey with Lisa Schwartz. Lisa, welcome to this very first episode of the Trauma Healing Tribe. Thanks, Melanie. I really appreciate what you and Kate are doing and really excited to be able to get the word out. Absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Well, let's start with this overview of what we're doing in CRM. What is it? What's the bigger picture? And we've called this really working with the soul's journey. So could you tell us what is meant by that and what that includes? Well, as CRM has developed over the years, it started out as a trauma treatment model that had a spiritual element. But as time has gone on, and I've developed personally in my own growth, the model has also developed. And what I've come to realize is what we're really doing here is bringing every aspect of a human being back into wholeness. And The only way to do that is to be able to access and remember every element of our existence from the microcellular existence that is our physical human body all the way up out to all of the different dimensional aspects of who we are, where we've come from, what has influenced and impacted our evolution. and as I just mentioned, it it can be all the way from the micro, which is our molecular cellular DNA helix structures, all the way out to our generational lineage, what we carry from the generations, even beyond that to the, what I believe is the most important thing, which is the split from ourselves, our core essence, and the split from source, whatever that means for us. And so the idea is to access and remember and reconsolidate all of who we are, who we've been, what we carry, what has influenced us in a way that has absolutely no judgment attached to it. So we're working with all of these dimensions. We work in this timeline. We work in the ancestral lineages. We work in utero in the gestational process of this lifetime, as well as possibly other lifetimes. 
or the generational experiences that our ancestors had that we carry. And again, I do believe, and I have experienced this from the work, we can go way even beyond that out into a more esoteric, what some people would call the metaphysics of our existence, which is what is unseen, what is underneath, what science knows or what science has brought to us, that there's more to it. There's so much that we don't know. And so it's about being curious. It's about asking ourselves, what more is out there contributing to my fragmentation? And I'm not really speaking necessarily about dissociation per se. I'm talking about our fragmentation from our entire existence, a fragmentation from our core essence of who we really are across all these timelines, lineages, dimensions, even species, and just bringing a sense of wholeness of integration to our sense of self and life and why we're here and what are our teachings and how do we evolve and what is needed in order to love self 100% without judgment. Okay. So it's really just to reiterate, it's this timeline, generational lineages, past lives, really expanding that lens out from what we think of in maybe more traditional therapy to the complete existence of our soul. Yes. So as I know therapists are listening to this, so my question is, how do you go from working with ourselves and people in this timeline linking trauma to childhood experiences and in utero experiences maybe too, to how do you expand that lens out to work effectively to help someone clear what you're saying is effectively everything that is not our original state? I think probably the most important two things are our intention. Intention is so powerful. And If we set an intention, whether it's a kind of a a broad intention or a very narrow intention, the intention focuses and frames what we're doing, the process, the unfolding. So the intent and the knowing, this is the other thing. Well, this is actually three things, I guess, because the other aspect of that is there must be a, not even just a belief but a knowing that this can be done. And the therapist has to have at least the curiosity or the faith to at least open to what is possible to get to that state of knowing what can truly be done outside of what science has empirically proven thus far. And I think the last thing that's really important in kind of getting to that big picture is being curious, just being curious, asking, what else is there? What might this be? Where can we go to explore this further? And just really setting that intent to be open to what possibilities are really there. It's when we let go of what we have been 
programmed to believe through Western culture, through Western graduate schools, through just the way society and civilization and our field, the psychology field has evolved to go beyond that, to be open to discovery. You know, science doesn't know everything. And I know for a fact from doing this work that things are possible that science would say is not possible. So it's it's intent, it's curiosity, it's a knowing that it can be done, and it's just always asking that question, what else might be here? What can this be? Where in the experience of our existence can we be looking and finding the separations, the separations from self, the separations from source, the separations from tribe and culture and land and our own bodies and the light that is us and all that can impact and corrupt ourselves, all that can create separation in our relationships. And one of the most important things I think is this idea of patterns of separation are enact, reenacted over and over and over. And we're looking to find and remember what happened, what did not happen that should have happened, the convoluted conflictual relationship between attachment, love, fear, separation, betrayal, and really looking at how that's impacted our entire existence across all these dimensions. I just wanted to say, so it's it's really possible to actually genuinely and completely clear and heal something like betrayal that we might have just, we might have worked on and worked on and worked on in this lifetime. And just done so many different things to try and release, process, understand, and it's still there. Exactly. What you're saying is it's it's actually possible to be free of that and to reconsolidate. Absolutely. If we can remember, and we use the term, which actually I got from the Conversations with God book, the way he was describing remembering. So we, we consider it re-membering which is a bringing back into our conscious awareness all aspects of ourselves, our existence, an event, a trauma, a, a, a lineage pattern. When we are able to bring back every aspect of all of those experiences into our conscious awareness, that's what allows us to step fully into the remembering of the hurt of the pain that led to choices and choice points that either perpetuated states of victim, perpetuated states of perpetration, perpetuated states of failed rescuer, all of which those states then create and perpetuate new and continuing patterns of reenactment of the hurt and the attempt to heal that hurt, to make sense of that hurt, to avoid that hurt, to make up for the consequences of those, those events, those truths of our life. 
So it's the, the CRM model is such that the resourcing in it, meaning what we are able to access and connect to in the process itself in terms of, I mean, there's lots of different resources connecting to our bodies through our breath, connecting to our somatic energetic state as a physical human being, connecting to our cellular memory, connecting to the self-healing DNA helix, connecting to all of that, as well as all memory that comes from these different dimensions of what I, I consider a fractal. It's like our existence is a fractal. Life is a fractal across all these dimensions, lineages, lives, species that we may have been connected to. It's all one big repetitive reenacting pattern that I believe the, the goal of which is to find connection again to find and live and remember a state of no separation, of unification with all of who we are, unification of all of who our lineages have been, whether those things and people and experiences are what we would kind of in lay terms consider good or bad or positive or negative. The idea is to just simply have no more separation between our conscious 3D life experience and all that there was, that there is no separation and there's no judgment about any of it. And the resourcing in CRM is such that it creates the brain and body based safety that allows us to remember those more hidden, buried, unconscious dimensions of our existence and the existence of, of every aspect of us. The only way you can do that, the only way you can expand, at least that I know of, that you can expand out into these bigger, more far-reaching pattern of the fractal of existence is for us to have a neurobiological, neurophysiological, neurochemical safety and sense of no separation in the moment, in the moment of the process that allows that kind of remembering, that kind of ability to step into, feel fully, orient toward all of what there is in our history and the history of our ancestors. And that is what allows us to do that, is the way we put together and weave together and braid together through attunement all these different elements of resourcing, whether it's using our physical bodies, using attachment resourcing, attachment to self, attachment to sacred beings, to other living creatures, to nature, we do use the connection to the land, to the earth itself, because all of us hold a very ancient remembering of how nature and the planet itself was the foundation of our survival. Deep in our DNA from thousands of years ago, we still hold the resource that is nature. And remembering that also brings us into that state of being able to fully 
step into and be curious about some of the more painful, egregious truths that we are afraid of or don't even know exist. So we have numerous types of resourcing. We use sound. That means external sound coming in from earphones from some source of musicians or producers of of bilateral music, of solfagio frequencies, some of the indigenous healers all around the world that use sound. So using sound to promote our processes, using the tones, toning from inside ourself, the sound and song of our heart, the sound and song of our trauma, the sound and song of our connection to who we are and to all these other resources, the sound and and the geometry, the sacred geometry that is associated with all of these sounds. The sacred geometry is what puts form to a formless experience. Geometry is structure. Geometry is mathematics. There is a geometric shape or pattern that not only is the foundation of our physicality, but it also, that geometry is a way of bringing what sound, the information in sound, what sound can do. The geometry puts that into a more physical form in our brain. It takes something that has no form and allows it to be consolidated again into our physical third dimensional neural systems, neural clusters. So we're using those resources as well. We also use the ancestral resources. We use imagery, intention, the knowledge of our fragmentation as a resource. Using these parts of ourselves that have become separated and split, ironically and paradoxically, working with those splits getting to understand how we are separated, what created that separation, what perpetuates that separation from self into these roles of victim, rescuer, perpetrator, and working with all those parts with the goal of bringing them all back together into a whole. So it's kind of like a centrifuge where they put some kind of something in a centrifuge and they spin it so fast that it separates out into all of its separate elements. And then they can do, you know, this is a scientist, I'm just talking about just other kinds of scientific experiments, but they're separating out all the elements of a, of a fluid say, or something, some kind of something. And once everything is separated out and those each element can be looked at, can be teased apart, can be researched further, can be assessed, evaluated further. Once you're able to do that with each part, each element, that in itself is what allows for a full reconsolidation, a full integration, a coming back together of what the wholeness is. We're kind of working with parts, we're working with all these resources, we're working with intent, we're working with the knowledge that this can be done, with the knowledge that we are not just what happened when we were born and after we were born. 
it's basically a drop in the bucket in terms of what's really happening and what has really made us who we are. And that would be the joy that we are, the light that we are, the love that we are, the excitement, the way we love our life and all of the less than beneficial aspects of our experience, ourselves, our self-judgment, all these different kinds of paradoxes that we hold around self and other and connection and God or source, whatever you want to say. So you, you started to touch on that there. And I know as someone, you've lived this, you've had to live this to develop this and embody this. So I guess I want to finish off by asking you to describe somewhat, if you can, what it feels like. What is the experience as a human being of actually doing that, of actually finding those things, of connecting and of clearing them and becoming free of them? Just what's it like for you? It's hard. It's really hard. And it requires a lot. It requires a lot of the, for me, it required a lot of me. It requires a lot of our clients. It requires a lot of the therapists to learn how to do this. The process and the journey of it itself is, it takes courage. It takes a remembering that we have the birthright of free will based choices and a remembering that we are the author of our life. We do have a choice of whether or not we want to move towards loving our life, or if we want to stay contracted in a state of fear, living with blinders in denial about what's really there and who we really are. In particular, the victim consciousness. We're living in a a world of victim consciousness when in fact, what needs to be looked at more, and this is, I'll just speak for myself, The biggest change I made in who I am, how I operate, my sense of wholeness is when I finally did the work where I had to step into myself as a perpetrator. And that's just not in this timeline. And that's just not from my own drug addiction days. Just there's lots of levels of perpetration, but also really going back into my spiritual lineage, into the the biological lineages where I either, where I carry a lot of what happened there and had carried a lot of it. And this is not just victim, not just rescuer, failed rescuer. This is about stepping into the things we don't want to look at. We do not want to see ourselves or our families as hurting others, whether malevolently or without thinking. But that's the work that I felt needed to, I know it needed to be done. It's what changed me the most, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done, was to turn toward myself as a perpetrator of pain, injustice, greed, power, having my life turn away from the true source that I embody or that I do embody, but finding that through different events in my own life, my own choices, the choices of my ancestors, having experienced a turning toward the false God, so to speak, of ego, of power, 
of needing to be separate, needing to be special. This is an overarching kind of description of what happens when we perpetrate. This isn't just about me, although it was part of my experience. But having to look at that, having to feel it in every fiber of my being, it was so difficult, so painful. But once it was done, and I guess now and then, I mean, I still look to make sure I'm not engaging in things like that, but it changed me. It changed me. It changed the CRM model. It changed everything. It changed my relationship with my family, my friends. So the work is really, the work is no joke. You know, it's not a protocol for sure. And it does require an intention and a choice to do this and to believe that no matter what, no matter how painful, no matter what you find when you go in there, no matter what you have to feel emotionally or physically in terms of the remembering that in the end, it's all good, that we we will survive and come out whole, whole on every level. And that's, that's isn't that what it's about? It's just being a whole human being, loving one's life and being able to be the vessel for that to go out into the rest of the collective. That's one other thing I wanted to mention is any healing that we do individually has a ripple effect out into the collective. So when we're doing work in CRM and work in any modality, frankly, anytime somebody gets to a place of clearing something that created hurt, pain, or in particular separation, and comes back into a state of non-judgmental wholeness, that is having an impact across the collective, across species, across lineages. And that's how the work can take on a bigger global scale. Wow. Thank you. That gives a really, I didn't even know how to describe it. The bigger picture, the smaller picture, the overarching picture So thank you so much for that. Everyone listening, if you are interested in doing this training, all the links are in the show notes. There's all the information there. And just from personal experience from doing that, I did it all online. It is just, I don't even know the word, Lisa. It's just, it changed my life. It changed my work with my clients. So yeah, Thank you. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks a lot, Melanie. If you are interested in taking the CRM training, it's all available online. The link to the schedule is in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you next time.